Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek, Trent, and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. So grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. I am your host, Derek Hoskins, and tonight we are doing another comic book episode. We are going to be talking about our top five villains of all time. And I am joined tonight by my good friend and yours, as always, Mr. Ian Torrance. Ian, you excited to talk comics again? Well, since I was the leader of this topic i don't know how to word that since i came up with the answer is yes derek <laughs> the answer is yes <laughs> god i made that way more awkward than it had to be <laughs> no it's all right it worked out it worked out that's that's just part of what you bring to the table here it's that awkwardness is that winning charm hey, man, be proud. that lovability and, and once again just the king of the said segway segway i way to butcher it dummy the king of the segway <laughs> The soothing right. tones of Mr. Ian Wells. We are joined, of course, by Ian. Ian, it's exciting to have you back, buddy. Are you excited to talk some comics with us? I'm very excited to be here to talk comics with you. Very away, people. Very rough intro. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was that was pretty that was pretty sad. I'm gonna leave it in though. I'm not cutting it out. No editing on this episode at all. Nice. Now yeah, I'll, I'll fix the audio. But this is raw talk. before we get into the comic book talk, we do have a couple of news topics. Uh, nothing major. Just got a, a tweet from James Gunn on Monday that they you did. Are, uh, <laughs> we got a tweet. Oh, the collective we, the royal oh, we, man. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. James Gunn tweeted a picture of the uh, the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and himself looking like they're gonna drop just the sickest rap album ever. It's a pretty funny picture. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. It's on his Twitter. And he said, it's been a strange and long and at times challenging journey to get here, but the obstacles along the way have only made this moment more blissful. Back on set with my Guardians family for the first day of shooting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That is the understatement of a lifetime that there have been some obstacles. That is one way of saying that you got fired for no reason and then brought back on after DC hired you to do Suicide Squad. Um, there have definitely been some obstacles, but I cannot wait. I'm very excited that we are, they're moving forward with guardians volume three. Um, I really, this is, this is a, uh, a movie I've been looking forward to, especially since they cast Will Poulter as Adam Warlock. I can't wait to see what he is going to do. And, uh, Ian Wells, are you happy that they're finally starting on guardians volume three? Looking forward to this. Um, do you care at this point? It's been a little while since we had a Guardians movie. Oh, I care a whole lot. And I'm definitely excited that they're working on Volume 3. Love the first two. Uh, the first movie was one of the rare times where I get to go to the theater. And at the time, I didn't really... I knew who the Guardians were, but I wasn't real familiar with the characters. Right. So it was, it was fun going into the movie that way. But ever since then, I've just really loved these characters. I'm playing the game right now. If you haven't played it, I suggest you do. It's Literally, amazing. as we speak, that's what he's playing. <laughs> That's right. That's why he sounds so relaxed. He's just chilling in the chair. Multitask. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Did you get to see the picture that he tweeted out? By the way, 
Yeah, looking know. looking very seasoned. Yeah, he's looking pretty seasoned. So 2020 was rough on James Gunn. He has got a very bright white hair and beard going on. Uh, Ian Torrance, since you, you, you got a chance to see it, two things. One, are you glad that they're finally starting production this long after? And also, who is the actor or producer, whoever it is, who is crouching down behind James Gunn in that picture? I have no idea who it is. It's a it's it's an African American guy, and I don't know who it is. I am not I, sure either. I don't recognize him at all. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's no, all good out there. So I am excited. Yes, I am definitely um, forgetting what the hell happened in the last one because you know there's so much time in between. But uh, I'm I'm really I'm really excited that we're we're getting another one. Um, those are some of my favorite movies of the <clears throat> excuse me MCU. So yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm super excited about uh, them them bringing that back because number two left on such a cliffhanger, especially that after credit scene. And you know, there's been speculation on who it was and uh, like you know who they were going to bring in. I'm like everybody kind of like knew like oh Adam Warlock, so. Can we do that again? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad that uh, we can kind of kind of get going on this. But you know, you got to kind of wonder like, is it still going to have the same magic? Are these because these actors were not old, but they weren't super young to begin with. So now, you know, Batista's got to stay in excellent shape, which he's been very busy with multiple roles here lately. So I think he's been able to stay in pretty good shape. But he even said like, oh, I'm not going to be able to play Drax forever because. I'm going to get old and flabby and, you know, like the skin's going to hang. So that hasn't stopped uh, Arnold yet. Arnold keeps playing Terminator. That's true. That's 70 true. year old man playing Terminator, but it's usually wearing a leather jacket. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But Batista has to go shirtless his entire performance. So that is, that is, but a luckily difference. we're not going to be able to see him anyway. If he stands true. completely, if he stands still. completely still. He has mastered that arc. He has mastered it. He has mastered it. Yeah, they so they're bringing back Adam Warlock. There have been some some rumors that we may see um, may see Nova, which I really hope that they stop screwing around and give us Nova. But I do know we're going to see them, the Guardians, at least uh, Star Lord in Thor: Love and Thunder. So we're going to get those characters a little earlier than Guardians Volume Three. So hopefully they uh, those mesh together i think that james gunn and taika watiti's styles work together well so i think that that's going to be uh that's going to be some fun synergy but we'll move on ian wells mentioned games he talked about the guardians of the galaxy game and we uh, we don't talk a lot about games on this podcast even though all of us do enjoy a game or two so marvel's avengers the three of us have all played it We've all played it quite a bit, I would say. I uh, I'm a little late to the game. I didn't start playing it until a little bit ago, and uh, I finished the main storyline. I just started on the first DLC, so I'm way way behind. But um, something that they promised to begin with, that Crystal Dynamics promised would uh, would happen, is that PlayStation players would have exclusive access to Spider Man. And they talked about that. What would you say? A uh, couple months before the game released? Oh, at least. They started talking about that. The game's now been out for a year and a half. Spider-Man's finally coming to this game. <laughs> and they, they dropped a trailer. Do either of you guys get to look at this little first look 
trailer for the uh, Avengers game. I did not get to see the trailer, and I didn't know there was a trailer. I saw the picture, though. That looks yeah. like a comic book cover. Yeah. I've seen the picture. I have not seen the trailer because, in all honesty, I stopped caring. Right. Well, let me let me add to your not caring. That was one of the worst game trailers I've ever seen. Like, you remember the, I don't know if you guys saw when the Black Panther DLC was coming out, they put out this really, really interesting looking trailer where it was really showcasing what Wakanda was going to look like and, and showed T'Challa and everything looked great and it looked interesting, made me want to play. This looks like a watered down version of the Spider-Man PS4 game or PS5 mm-hmm. game. Now the Miles Morales one, the physics looked weird. The colors looked weird every the, the voice for spider-man looked weird in no way do i care about this dlc which is a real bummer because i'm one of the few people that enjoyed the game so i'm wondering do you uh two things do you play the game now and do you think that people that aren't playing the game are going to be excited enough about spider-man to give it a shot ian wells are you still playing the game and do you think spider-man will be enough for people that don't play the game to come back to it I am not still playing this game. I was, <laughs> I was excited for the Black Panther DLC to come out, but I played that and I didn't even finish it just because I got tired of playing it. It was cool seeing Wakanda and all those characters and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, it was the same old missions with cookie-cutter enemies. They may have looked a little different, but they're still robots. And Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I think people are pretty excited about Spider-Man, so I think people will be on there to play that. But, I mean, it's not like you have to pay for it. You just have to have the game, and it's – you can get it free on Game Pass right now, I think. Can you? Yeah. So, yeah, I think people are excited <laughs> for Spider-Man, and it'll do well. Yeah, I just happened to click on a link while I was looking at this story. August – third of 2020 is when they announced that spider-man would come to be on the the playstation version of this game (laughs) so well over a year ago crazy ian torrance same question to you man do you think that uh are you still playing and do you think that it'll bring back players that have dropped off well i thought spider-man was going to be in this oh yeah he's coming he's swinging he's 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 caught in traffic. He's swinging. Takes takes him a minute to get anywhere. Long, he can't long, fly. Can't long, fly. Long time. Long time. Not nothing for him to tether onto. But he's swinging. Uh, yeah. So no, I'm not still playing this game. I played this game with uh, well, by myself at first, uh, main campaign, and I played with my brother and my other brother, Mister Ian Wells, and um, I think uh, we were talking about this earlier. We played like three or four nights or days in a row uh, last year when we were on our our little COVID vacation. Uh, Quarantine, that's the word. Quarantine, (laughs) that's a real word. So we were like COVID vacations. Yeah, I immediately regret saying that. I was on, you know, COVID vacation, you know, we were, we were chilling out, Max and relaxing, all cool. So, I don't even remember the fuck I was going on. <laughs> so we were playing Avengers. So it was cool for us to get together and kind of like level each other's characters up and stuff like that, right? So the reason I stopped playing this game is because a I thought it was very repetitive. 
It was the same levels with the same enemies, but there was a different story, even though it was all still the same. So even the side missions were all the same. So when I played with these guys, I was like, all right, cool. I've leveled all these characters up. I go to play the campaign, and you know what they do? You your your character gets that level, they level up all the enemies to the same level as you. And I'm like, what the hell was the point in me spending all this time doing these side missions to level up if everybody's gonna level up with me? Mm-hmm. Like the whole reason of leveling up, it like it'd be one thing if you got to an area in the map where there were higher level people. No, even on the map, like you go back to where there should be lower level, it's the same level as you. There's no they pros. Yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous. So <laughs> doesn't make any sense. So I I don't I don't find the need for me to go back and play these because I tried to go back and play the Kate Bishop campaign. And uh you know how much different it was from the regular campaign? I'll answer for you. It wasn't. It wasn't different at all. It was the same story, but this person comes flailing through shooting a bow and sounded all cool and you're like oh you know that's 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 pretty cool um i've seen this a thousand times with different character models so i don't know why i need her all of a sudden and why am i going to this facility to help her and break her out of here when she's supposed to be like i don't want to say captain but like we're going to back her up i've been to this facility a million times already (laughs) i didn't see her before why i gotta come back here i'll simmer down now so, in conclusion, sorry, right, I did. I I went on a rant last week with the Eternals review. Yeah, you can you can go on a rant about so Marvel's so Avengers. that's that's why I don't go back and play it because when I first got that game, I knew that everybody was hating on it. There was like critics and 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 the fans, and there was a lot of like bad reviews. And I'm like, you know what, this game's pretty cool. Like, I don't understand why everybody's bitching. Yeah, the story is actually a good story. That's it's just boring gameplay. That's because I was in the first 10 minutes of it and it's completely different game. Oh yeah. And then when you get out of that and, and you're you're Miss Marvel and you're like flying through the city with your Mr. Fantastic arms, which I'm sorry, that's who she is. She's Reed Richards. She's just not nearly as cool. But she can embiggen. I don't care. <laughs> I thought she was an annoying character the whole time. I've got no problem with the character in general. I'm just talking about in this game. And I understand they were trying to add some more like like um, diversity into the game. I've got no problem with that. I don't care that Kamala Khan was uh, was she Muslim? I can't remember. Yeah, she's a Muslim character. I got no problem with that. That's not what annoyed me. She annoyed me. <laughs> I loved her dad. I'll say her dad was great. Her dad was awesome. Her dad was awesome. Um, she just there were times where she didn't annoy me, she wasn't annoying the whole thing. Like when she gave that speech when Hulk and Tony were fighting, that was the saving grace for her. For me, I was like, Oh, it's not too bad. She's annoying me 90% of the other time of this game. So, uh, so yeah, hold on, let me jump off my soapbox here for a second. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> a game that was hyped up so much that had so much potential fell flat for me and i don't care if they bring god himself into this game i'm not going back to play it because it's going to be the same thing i have to ask why can't we get a good avengers game like marvel ultimate alliance and ultimate alliance 2 were great 
Yeah, they haven't done a good one since Ultimate Alliance Three. I've played a little yeah. bit of, but it's not the same. It's not nearly as good. Yet we had a good one, and I'm going to go all the way back to Super Nintendo, Captain America. And the yeah, Avengers. and the Avengers, yeah, Captain yeah. America: and The Avengers is amazing. That uh, oh man, that's so good. I can't wait to play that. It's at our. Uh, we've got a local arcade here, and the well, owner of the arcade put too. it in. It was amazing. There's yeah. another one too that was for Super Nintendo. It was like the gym something. Yeah, there were a couple of them back then. It was a little. But bit I'm talking about different. like the modern age of gaming. Like you yeah. look at DC right now, and what do you what do you have? You've got you had DC well, you versus got the Arkham. The Arkham you had, you had the all Asylum the Arkham series. games. You've got DC versus uh, Mortal Kombat. You've got yeah. Injustice. You've got DC Universe Online. Uh, just a glut of really good games. And for Marvel, you've got the Spider-Man game. Yeah. That's it. That's the only good game they've got going right now. And don't get me wrong, that Spider-Man game, the PS4 Spider-Man, was incredibly good. I mean, I know it was just Arkham for Spider-Man, but screw it. If you're going to rip somebody off, at least rip off the people that have been doing it well. Yeah. It was was excellent. What about Marvel Ultimate Alliance, though? That's what I said. The The first two were great, but we haven't had a good one since then. You didn't like the third one? I it was okay. Get, I can't get far into it. I, I've tried. I've tried a few right. times. Yeah. For for one, as much as I enjoy the Switch, my hands are not made for that. Switch is not made for Wookies, man. Like I, I, I feel like I'm going to snap that thing in half. I'm so. I have to be so gentle with it. I need to get some different controllers for it. Yeah, I went and got like a regular size controller to hook up to the uh, docking station. But also, I mean, the the. You know, the art design is different. The graphics are different. The storytelling is much different. It's not as immersive. It's not as interesting to me. And so, granted, I haven't played through the entire thing, but I, when when Ultimate Alliance and Ultimate Alliance 2 came out, from the very beginning, I was like, I'm going to play through this game, like, tonight. Like, I'm going to get through it. Whereas that one, I started playing Ultimate Alliance 3 months ago, and I think I've gotten through the first three bosses. It's just it's just not as good. So it, it's a real bummer when Marvel has got so much potential and they can't get a good Avengers game going. I mean, Avengers was the biggest franchise in the world. The MCU is the biggest franchise of all time, the most successful franchise of all time. You can't give me a good MCU game. Give me a good tie-in game. All the all the MCU tie-in games were garbage. Even though even though I love playing the Iron Man ones because I'm an Iron Man guy and I'll I'll, oh, I'll bite the bullet and enjoy them. They're garbage. They're they're not good games. The the best thing we got was Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Man, the Captain America game was pretty decent. It really was. It, what it what word did you late. just use? Did you say good or did you say decent? I'm talking about a yeah. good game. It was fun. I want a good game. It was fun to play. That's really all a game needs to be. Yeah, that's true. That's and it made it you feel like you were be. Captain America. That's all it needs to be. But I think that when you're talking about the Avengers, you could do better than what we've gotten. And it's a real bummer that that it just hasn't happened yet. But moving off now of that. Know, go ahead. Go ahead. heard about the uh, NetherRealm supposedly making a Marvel fighting game. Yeah, I've heard about that. And I'm hopeful because they, I mean, so, they did great with Injustice. Right, and their games always have great stories on them, so that that could be something to look forward to. From, yeah, which from surprises me to no end that a, a game studio that does nothing but fighting games can consistently have engaging storylines. That just mm-hmm. blows me away. Good on them. But, like I said, we are going to move on now. we got one story left to cover. 
And it is a, a bit of a stretch to say that this is really a story. Uh, Henry Cavill sat down to talk to the Hollywood reporter about a lot of different things that he's got going on right now with the Witcher and he's doing the Highlander remake. There's a lot of talk going around about him being 007 possibly. And of course, everybody wants to talk to him about Superman. Now for anybody that hasn't been following the story of what's going on with DC and Superman, we've talked about it on here extensively. So we're going to keep talking about it. And that is that um, JJ Abrams has been tasked to, do a Superman film. He hired, or he, he got Tanahasi Coates. Who's a, a, a like a, a comic book writer and a yes. novelist and a very prolific writer. And they've come out and they said, you know, we want to do a black Superman. We want to, we want to tell a different story, which is fine. We had a whole discussion about that at the same time, HBO max doing the things that they're doing with DC have enlisted Michael B. Jordan's production company to do a Valzad Superman movie which valzad of course is a black superman from earth 2 and so we've got both of those going on it's left people wondering well what does that mean for henry cavill is he out completely so they discussed it here in this hollywood reporter article and i'm gonna say take anything that he says with a massive grain of salt but i'm not gonna lie i was kind of excited by what he said so here here's what he says it says in may dc announced the development of a black superman film making cavill's return as a superhero icon even more uncertain again this is from the hollywood reporter quote it's exciting superman's far more than skin color cavill says superman is an ideal superman's an extraordinary thing that lives within our hearts why not have multiple superman supermen going on joaquin phoenix did a wonderful joker movie so what if it's not tied to the rest of the franchise they have multiple superman and comic book storylines happening at the same time so that's what he said to begin with and um the fact that he said that they have multiple supermen going on i don't see why they couldn't have anymore got everybody excited but there's a little bit more to the article here that he says he kept, he goes on and says there are still a lot of storytelling for me to do as superman and i would absolutely love the opportunity the killing of zod gave a reason for the character never to kill again superman falling to the ground and screaming afterward i don't think that was originally in the script but i wanted to show the pain he had i did far more emotional takes they didn't choose tears were happening he just killed the last remaining member of his species that's the choice he made in that moment, and he'll never do that again. There's an opportunity for growth after that, to explore the psyche of Superman as a deep, seemingly invulnerable, godlike being, but with real feeling on the inside. As I always say, the cape is still in the closet. So, I bring all this up because it's been very well stated where we sit with Henry Gavel. Those of us on this podcast, I don't believe Ian Wells has got a chance to really dive into this a whole lot, not as much as Ian and Trent and I know. It's, mm -hmm. I, I believe it's come up once or twice. But we're Henry Cavill fans on here. He's my favorite Superman. I think that it's an absolute disservice to that man and everything he's put in to be Superman for him to not get one more chance to do a solo Superman film because he's only gotten one. And he wasn't really Superman in that. That was a year one style story. It was an origin story. So with him being so open to do the character and him talking about how there are multiple Supermen in the comics and he doesn't see why there can only be why they can't have many Supermen. Does that make you 
think that there is any possibility, any more possibility than there was before he started talking about it. And the reason I ask that is because usually when actors start getting very specific about a role, talking about, oh, yeah, well, they did this and they did this. And so this is possible and this is possible. A lot of times there are some things behind the scenes that a deal is being worked out, if not already done. So after hearing all that, do you think that we are any closer to the possibility of Henry Cavill coming back as Superman at least one more time? Ian Wells. Absolutely. Well said. I think we are. <laughs> I think we are, <laughs> and I hope we are. Uh, Henry Cavill still has a lot to do. I want to. I really want to see like him go up against Black Adam eventually because I know like the Rock and Henry Cavill are good friends, so that'd be something cool to see. And I. I think I remember hearing rumors about uh, Mr. Dwayne Johnson himself wanting that to happen. So mm-hmm. hopefully Henry Cavill gets a chance to come back and give us more of that Man of Steel action. I love that movie. I do too. I think it's it's one of the more underrated comic book movies. That was one that I uh, I had to kind of sit with. I didn't love it when I first saw it. I didn't hate it by any means, but I didn't love it. The more I've watched it over the years, the more I've enjoyed it. Um. And going to your point about Black Adam, I think that would be amazing. No, no, um, no disrespect to Zach Levi and what he's done as Shazam, but man, the idea of seeing Henry Cavill because that guy is a beast. He's a huge guy. Zach Levi has put on a lot of muscle. He's worked out very hard. Yeah, and credit where credit is due. But there's something about. I mean, Henry Cavill just looks like Superman, and the idea of seeing him next to the next to Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. Man, that's just like a nerd dream come true. I want to see that so bad. And I don't think we're ever going to get that, but I really, really hope we do. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers. Ian Torrance, man, you uh do you have anything? Do you think that that this is a possibility, or do you think this is just Henry Cavill kind of throwing it out there saying, Hey, I'm still I'm still open to it, you know, if they ever want to do anything. Do you think there's anything happening behind this or him just talking? I don't know. I th- I think he's just talking. I and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I th- like we've talked about this before. He loves the character of Superman, right? Right. But there are many things he loves, like like us talking earlier, and he wants to play uh, Captain Britain, which I thought was a very odd choice. But I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, you are familiar with? I know Ian has, but you have seen the Henry Cavill uh, Witcher series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for season two. Okay, so he was in love with that game. Really wanted to play that character. I thought he nailed the character. I thought he was I thought so too. So I think he's just a nerd, man. I think he wants to do anything and everything that has to do with uh, comic books or video games. And I think he would he would prefer to to stay Superman. And everybody was campaigning for it. Two of us, you and I, we talked about this. We we wanted it too. So I I think, like I said, I think he's just he's open to anything. And I think he's just kind of talking right now, and that's fine. Because I'd take him back as Superman. I'd, I'd, I'd take him. To, I think he's a great actor. I think he's he's good in everything he's done. I haven't seen a lot of his other work, but I've watched uh, Man from Uncle, which I yeah. thought he was really good in that. So I don't. The great really Mission care. Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he, he was really good. That. He was fantastic in that. That bathroom fight scene. I will. I will watch yeah. that bathroom fight scene. That man cocks yeah. his arms like he's cocking a shotgun before he walks into that fight. I mean, he rolls yeah. his shoulders, cocks his arms that like he's tie. ready to go. Oh man, that <laughs> great fight, fight scene. Great movie. testosterone levels to a thousand. Yeah. Now man, I'm gonna I- watch that movie. All right. So Henry Cavill's just great. We we can agree on that then. So. Yeah. 
I don't care what he does. I don't care who he plays. Um, he's going to nail it. And I really, really, really wish that uh, they would have went the route of uh, keeping because, you know, you combine J.J. Abrams and Henry Cavill with that Superman, I think it was going to be great. I've got no problem with what they're doing. Uh, it's cool to get a different take on it. That's fine. I'm down for it. But as far as uh, Henry Cavill being anything, then I don't I, I mean, he could he could play Kermit the Frog and I'd be happy. <laughs> hey, Corey, from Muppet Show. Yay! <laughs> hey, even if he's not like, if he doesn't come back for a solo movie, if he can just be like Superman in different movies, just... There, there were a lot of rumors going around about a year ago that he wasn't going to get another solo movie, but he was going to be seen at least one more time in something. And people were thinking, well, maybe we'll see him pop up in The Flash. You know, maybe because we're going to get Supergirl in there, and they're thinking maybe we'll see him in um, Shazam: Fury of the Gods since he popped up in like the the post credit or right at the credit scene there with with that. Even though it wasn't Henry Cavill, it was clearly his suit from Man of Steel. So I don't know. There's a possibility. I hope so. And like Ian said before, we started recording, we were talking about the fact that he had mentioned that Henry Cavill had mentioned that he would like to play Captain Britain in Marvel, which would be fun, but. If anybody listened to my Titans review with uh, Sean from Metal Corners, I really wish that they would really stick it to DC and cast him as Sentry or Hyperion because those are both just Marvel's version of Superman. And I think that that would be the best. Just, haha, you guys suck. We'll take him if you don't want him. Kind of a joke. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed. He did mention that there are multiple Superman in the comics. And like they're doing right now, there are multiple Jokers going on. There are multiple Batman. You know, we're getting Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in The Flash, and we've got Robert Pattinson coming in The Batman. So they're going this route of a multiverse. I don't see why they couldn't have three Supermen instead of just two. So I don't know. Fingers crossed that we see him again. But we'll move on to uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about our top five comic book villains. So hang on and we will be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you for sitting through that sponsor. And now it's time to talk some villains. Was that a drum roll? There was supposed to be a drum roll, but it was just me slapping my fat thighs, and it sounded really inappropriate. You mean sexy? Mm. Which I guess would be inappropriate. Yes, it would be. But like I said, we're going to talk our top five villains, and we're probably going to throw some honorable mentions in there. And uh, I want to... Uh, we, we got no caveats, no... no, no uh, limits no rules if they're from a comic book they are they're eligible for this list so ian wells is our guest buddy why don't you kick us off with your number five number five is going to be venom i request elaboration oh, oh. <laughs> i was kind of curious confused too i was like do you just want him to tell you are you gonna run through the list how's this going clearly no. we have not rehearsed this no we have not <laughs> No, like you know, just what what do you like about him? What made him what made what made Venom, you know, top uh, onto your top five there? Uh, well, they go back to Spider Man, the animated series from the nineties. Heck yeah, uh, I love that whole entire series, but I really love the uh, the Venom saga. I had that specific uh, saga on DVD and watched it over and over again religiously. So. That started my love for Venom, and I've I've just loved the character ever since. I, I love the the movies, the first one more than the second one, but 
just a big fan of the character. Do you like him better as a villain or as an anti-hero? Uh, I think I like him more as a villain. Yeah. Because I think that's the hard question with Venom, because Venom's been both, depending on who has the symbiote. Because like when it's Eddie Brock, you know, you kind of like him better as a villain. But when it's when it's Flash Thompson, I really like him better as a as the anti-hero. Agent Venom, I think, is my favorite version of Venom. Yeah, like I really love the Venom from the animated series. And then like in the games and stuff, he's usually a villainous character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the anti-hero thing in the movies, it's cool, too, because I like Tom Hardy. But yeah, I prefer, I prefer my Venom as a villain. So you like more the uh, Topher Grace than Tom Hardy? Oh yeah, he loves Topher Grace. You big fan of Spider-Man 3's Venom, right? Best best portrayal of Topher, Venom, really. Topher Grace wasn't a villain; he was a, a abomination. <laughs> no offense to the actual abomination. <laughs> I wish, I wish people could see this. I wish we put out a video format of this because I wanted you. I wish people could have seen Ian Wells literally flinch when talking about Topher Grace's Venom, <laughs> like it caused him physical pain to bring up memories of Spider Man Three. Ugh. Oh, oh! You would have thought somebody raised a hand to him. He just, <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs> you all know you shared that pain with me. I I didn't hate it as much as other people, but it it wasn't it wasn't great. You should have. Wasn't great. But all right. Well, Ian, Ian Dorns, man, what's your number five? Derek, I'm going to let you know my number five as soon as I pull my list out. <laughs> so I didn't put it in any particular order. Um, hmm, so if only we were ranking these. You should have. I, I wasn't ranking them. I was just giving you top five, man. Top five is literally a ranking. Go ahead. No, it's not. <laughs> Not in any particular. Have you ever heard of not in any particular order, you swine? <laughs> not when it's a top five list. <laughs> no, I know he's not wrong. Go ahead. You done? You hyenas? <laughs> Number five in their certain order, Dark Side. <laughs> I can't. Would you like to know why? <laughs> I would love to know why. Because he's cool. He is cool. He is a cool character. No, he's a he's a very uh cool villain. I feel like he is kind of like a DC's Thanos. Um he's easy to kind of like I've I, I don't feel like he's I'm, how do I explain this? Like I I would never like root for him, obviously, but I think it's cool seeing him, and I think like a lot of people enjoy seeing him in, in a setting, even though he's he's very evil. Um he's he's just a cool character, man. Like every iteration I've seen, uh the Snyder cut, he was awesome in that, but um a lot of people who haven't read Final Crisis, man, he was he was insane in that, like um he's he's just he's so powerful he pretty much derek would you agree with me like he he's like the equivalent of like he, like he's a god killer basically like he's yeah like i mean he's that, he's that level yeah i mean he's one of the new gods so he's he's incredibly powerful i mean he is he is essentially a god in the in in the universe like god level powers yeah so that's that's uh that's one of the many reasons that uh, i think he's just a cool um because 
it takes multiple levels. Like you don't ever see like one person really going up against him. It's it always takes like the equivalent of a few of the DC heroes to kind of take him down. And uh, it's, it's never, never easy. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the many reasons I put dark side on my list. Yeah. I like dark side too. Um, you, you mentioned that he was DC's Thanos. I, I don't know. I know a lot of people make that comparison. I don't know that that's a fair comparison for the simple fact that, like, look, I love Thanos. I love the character. He's a fun character. He's an interesting character in the movies. But, man, Thanos in the comics is just just worthless. Just a worthless character. He's got one goal that he, he accomplishes once, and then he's just annoying for the rest of the time. So I just, I don't know. I don't know about Thanos, but I, I'm going to get some hate for that. I don't think Thanos is the, it's anywhere near to as compelling or interesting as Darkseid. In the comics, in the movies. Comic what, book version, yeah. What they did with him in Infinity War and Endgame was actually much, much more intriguing than they did in the comics. But moving on to my number five, I'm going to say number five is Kingpin. Um, I really like Kingpin because he is a, he's a surprising villain. Like, not only is he brilliant and a criminal mastermind, he's oddly, like, he's much more powerful than you would expect him to be. Like, I love the depictions of him fighting with Daredevil and Spider-Man and actually seeing him going toe-to-toe to the, with these super-powered heroes. And then also because of the the great um, portrayals we've had of him in live action and in animated form, I just i have really enjoyed Kingpin over the years. Um, even, and when I'm talking about the live action portrayals, even Michael Clark Duncan, because while that daredevil movie wasn't great, I thought he did an excellent job with the performance man. RIP Michael Clark Duncan love Kingpin, but yeah, Kingpin's my number five, Ian Wells. What's your number four? Coming in number four, got Mr. Freeze. Nice. Nora, Nora. That's a All good right. Mr. Freeze. So, so I was introduced to this character back uh, during Batman the Animated Series, of course. Yeah. And I've just always been fascinated with him. Uh, he's a deep character. Everything he does, he's actually doing for a pretty good reason. He wants to try to save his wife. And what's not to love about that cool gun he has? The freeze gun. I love that. So, and. I'm just going to go out and say that I kind of enjoyed the Arnold Schwarzenegger portrayal. Of Chill. Yeah. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. The Ice Age. Terrible line. Yeah. Terrible movie. Corny they were all and, terrible lines, but they're all fun yeah. lines. I don't care what anybody says. But that was a pretty cool suit, actually, for the time that he had. It was pretty neat. Ian, you're a Batman guy. Did you get in? Because I know I got introduced to Mr. Freeze from the animated series because that was well before I started reading comics. Ian, did you get introduced to Mr. Freeze from the animated series also? Uh, for the most part, um, I'm trying to remember if uh, if he was in the Adam West series at least once, and I don't think he was. I heard reference to it, but I don't think I ever saw it. Well, like they, had false the, they had what yes he was false yes he face. was um 
so but the mr freeze in the uh uh batman the 60s series he, he was he was awful <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah see i thought I, I thought that's the image i had in my head but what are you talking like, about that looks like arnold schwarzenegger chill take two of these and call me in the morning <laughs> so that was my first uh time seeing the character so obviously i wasn't too into it back then now batman the animated series is what got me into mr freeze because i was like so much cooler um and uh he's really interesting in the comics too i I like i like reading reading uh issues that he's in because like ian says he's not just a flat-out villain man he's just he's got he's got his reasons for things and uh i don't know if anybody's ever played the arkham series um the arkham city game that he's in he's not really a villain in that like he is for a minute but then like batman ends up like having a full-blown conversation with him so he's not a villain but he sure is intimidating and scary yeah he is. oh yeah oh yeah nobody will deny that well, they shouldn't at least yeah so ian number four buddy number four i got bane as my number four speaking of batman and robin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Headless uh, body of Agnew. <laughs> that never happens. God, man. Um, Bane? Or, or would you prefer? Perhaps he's wondering why you would kill a man before throwing him out of a plane. I'm sorry, Bane, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I said. <laughs> and that I was, and that was channel, Bane. And that was on the uh, that was on the uh, the the cleared up version of right. They went back and they went back and edited his voice because they were like, yeah, it was really muffled in the trailer. I'm like, it, it was really muffled in the movie. <laughs> it definitely like it didn't sound nearly as bad as what we we're making it out to be, but it should have been a little bit clearer. Yeah, they should have done a little more to it. But anyway, uh, go on. So. Bane. Bane is in my top five for the simple fact that he is terrifying. And the reason he's terrifying is because he can get really freaking big on that venom. Okay. He's very strong. So he's already strong. He's already a strong dude to begin with. He's very fast and very agile for a man of his strength. And that's not like just venom. That's just natural to him. That's just how he is. So when you, like put venom into the to the matter um it's it's worse it's 10 times worse he's really really smart he's very tactical and uh the nightfall series alone of him being smart enough to break all these criminals out to keep batman busy while he did like his plan and then knew that batman would be so freaking weak that when they fought Batman would have not not a snowball's chance in hell against him, and he didn't. He ends up breaking Bruce's back, um, which causes a huge issue not only for Batman but for his spinal cord. <laughs> because you can't do a lot with a broken back. I don't know. I, I mean, I've never had one, but I would imagine that would fuck up your day. <laughs> yeah, need you guys to be more fun. lively. Turns so. out not fun. Turns out not fun at all. Yeah, not on a to-do list. So he was he's very smart, very tactical, uh, very strong, very agile. And then and then he just gets bigger and bigger on this, like I explained before. So 
Uh, we were talking Arkham City earlier. Nah, Arkham Origins. Derek, you never played Arkham Origins, correct? I did not get to play Arkham Origins. Ian, you played it, right? All the way through? Yeah, I played it. There is an absolutely terrifying part toward the end of the game where he gets so hopped up on Titan that he's chasing you around and you can't fight him head on. You have to hide from him and pop out at random times and he's screaming when you're in that random team. yeah screaming like random things at you the whole time and it's terrifying so i play games with the turtle beach or whatever I, headset i have at the time first time i played with turtle beach so i'm in a dark room man i'm in a dark room listening to these headphones and that's screaming in my ears and i live alone so i'm just like yeah i should probably turn a light on <laughs> but i don't i don't for the sake of the story but uh i uh I loved him in the animated series as well. A lot of that's going to go back to uh, Emmy-nominated animated series. Such a good, such a good show. So, um, what about what about you? I mean, Ian, Ian and I have talked about this plenty of times. Animated series, Derek. I know you've watched it. Were you a big Bane fan on that show? Or you know, I don't remember Bane as much out of the animated series. I remember Bane. He wasn't from, on there a lot. It yeah, I like remember him more from some of months. the other animated things they've done. Um, he had a big part in Justice League uh, Doom, which was a yeah. fantastic animated movie. Uh, yeah. He had a he had a big part in a couple of others. He was in um, he was in Young Justice, and I've seen him in some other things, animated. And uh, and I do I like Bane, but I think that I actually was unfortunately man. The first time I remember Bane was from Batman and Robin. And I had oh, no idea baby, that that no. was what, yeah, that was my first introduction to Bane. And what a disappointment. Because then I read Nightfall later on in life. I was just like, what in God's name were they doing? And then Christopher Nolan did his weirdo thing with Bane, which was fine. It was more grounded. And he was, Tom Hardy did a good job. But have you all seen the Harley Quinn show? No, I still haven't watched the Harley Quinn I've show. I've heard snippets. nothing but good things. You both should really watch it. It's really good. But I'm going to have to check it out. Great. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out. Uh, my number four is Doc Ock. And I was trying to think of, you know, I wanted a, I wanted a Spider-Man villain because I feel like Spider-Man and Batman have the best rogues gallery in comics. And I got to thinking, who who is the most, the villain that I've liked to read the most or I've liked to see the most in, you know, animated or live action? Who's, who's, who's the one? And Doc Ock is definitely that one. Um, not just because of his role in like the Sinister Six and because of Alfred Molina's performance in Spider-Man 2 and of course his the the wonderful characterization he got in the Spider-Man PS4 game but the ends of the earth storyline in the comics that led up to the superior Spider-Man when Doc Ock was dying and his body was failing and he finally beat Spider-Man and he transfers his consciousness over to Spider-Man. He doesn't mind a body swap. That was an excellent storyline and just top-notch Doc Ock. So Otto Octavius, you made the top five. Good job, buddy. Ian Wells, you're number three, sir. Unless you wanted to say something about Doc Ock. You don't have to. No, I just wanted to say it. I almost put Doc Ock on my list as well. He didn't quite make the cut, but I was thinking about it. He's a good one. Yeah, I really like that character. Uh, my number three is going to be the Shredder, because come on now, TMT. 
TMNT. TMT. TNT. He's dynamite. He's dynamite. Teenage Mutant Turtle. That's right. They're not ninjas anymore. Yeah. They're just cowering giant turtles. Oh God. But uh turtles is uh one thing I remember liking for as far back as I can remember. Probably uh as long as I can remember being a fan of Superman or Batman, just one of those things I grew up with, and Turtles has always been a part of my life, so I had to tread around there. I'm sure Trent is thanking you. When Trent listens to this this weekend, because he's a good friend, even when he's not on here, he listens to these. And uh, he's going to be very happy that some Turtles got uh, got some representation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Grew up on uh, the 80s series of Turtles, and... Uh, 80s 90s series in the the movie as well but all three of the movies but mainly one and two because let's be honest um i watched i watched three a lot growing up and then the older i got the more i, I started to realize how bad it was and uh i i don't know if it's watchable to this day Ian. is it's it not the third turtles in time or no. is, it, is it turtles in time is that the movie the game no, is turtle in the, time. It, the game oh, but it's it's a... Turtles three Turtles is when they go back in time, back but in time. it yeah. is like but, it's loosely it's it's based on Turtles in time because I'm pretty sure that was a story arc at one point too. So, but yeah, uh, it's it's terrible. The animatronics yeah. are awful. The, the fighting is terrible. Good, first two were great. First two I loved. Yeah, first one was got, amazing. Second one was really good, and they got. I mean, come on, we got Vanilla Ice. Then that animated one. The computer animated TMNT was excellent, but Shredder was yeah, that, that was one, great. I really enjoyed Out of the Shadows too. Did you all watch that one? Uh, no, I did not. Don't think I've watched it. That. Was so much better than that uh, first Michael Bay one, I guess. But oh yes, like I have. Cool. Yes, I have. That was the second. Yeah, I actually didn't hate that one. That one was I hated the first Michael Bay uh, Ninja Turtles movie, but the second one I, I actually enjoyed more. Well, talking about Shredder. You know, in that first TMNT, that first Michael Bay produced, I don't know what they were doing with Shredder. What what happened? Neither did they. It was like we'll he looked it. he looked like the uh, Silver Samurai from the end of the Wolverine. They yeah. redeemed that in Out of the Shadows. He actually looked pretty good. Did they? Every, yeah. I, I'm gonna have to go. They back and watch focused that one. less on the suit of armor and for focus more on the character. I feel like. Yeah. Well, they would have to, because that first one was terrible. Ian, what's your number three, buddy? I've got Venom slash Carnage, and by that I mean basically any of the symbiotes. Those are my two main ones, but I like uh, anything that has to do with symbiotes, and that also stems from being born in the 80s and growing up with the 90s uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man cartoon, and I loved how they were. That, like Any episode that, that featured Venom or Carnage I thought was great. Loved it. Was my favorite part about watching that cartoon. And the uh, first Spider-Man game and the second Spider-Man game, uh, they're kind of they're kind of in those two. And um, nothing would please me. And, and I love playing a uh, separation anxiety spot where you could jump back and forth between mm-hmm. Spider-Man or Venom. So the original Spider-Man on PlayStation One, um, Spider-Man One and Spider-Man Two on PlayStation One are a huge part of my childhood because I used to go to that man's house all the time and we would, we would, yeah, we would play games like that. Or even if it came over to my house, um, 
we we had a hookup going on man uh the local video store here in town ian's aunt worked at so we got to take home a lot of the games and movies and stuff so we we you're gonna get her fired that was 15 years ago (laughs) that was longer than that say longer than that that had to be 20 yeah that was 20 years years ago um and now all they sell is furniture yeah yeah that's it's so strange so uh we grew up on games um uh like that and and, and we we would we would hang out a lot and, and, and play that so that kind of adds to my love of of both of those characters like i said anything anything symbiote wise uh i'm I'm all on board for but those are the two main ones if you're gonna make me choose between the two i think like i like venom more because of how not one-dimensional the character is because like you guys said they're uh there's there's venom and then there's like the the anti-hero type venom Mm -hmm. but carnage is just pure evil all the time there's no there's no in between with carnage so villain-wise, he's the better villain. Yeah, Carnage is definitely the more more terrifying villain. Like Carnage is always a scary, a, a scary. I mean, it's a serial killer to begin with, and then on top of that, now okay, let's amp that up to eleven. So yeah, Did you Carnage, Spider Man, Maximum Carnage. Heck yes, Spider Man, Maximum Carnage was amazing. Yes. And I'm telling you, the games back in the late '90s, early 2000s were excellent the games pretty much all actually i'll I'll go all the way back like mid 90s through the early 2000s and i know that i'm biased because that's when i was a kid and i was playing the most games but they were so good those early spider-man games man i played it on the uh, nintendo 64 more so than the playstation one but that that spider-man game where you would just they had that, that was like one of the first ones that i knew the cheat codes too so i could change all the suits because oh, like yeah. the the cheat code I still remember was true believer, but it was T R T R U B L E E or something like that. It was like it was like Trub Lever or something like that. It was I was actually weird... quoting the Travis Tritt song. Sorry, did you get that out of a, a Game Genie book? I don't remember how I knew that one. I think a buddy of mine just knew, and so we was, we did it. I was, I was smelling some D-R-O-U-B-O-E. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got some good X-Men games back then, too. Yeah, there were some great games. Man, we're talking a lot about games. We're supposed to be talking about comics tonight, but we feel like all we're talking about are games. Well, I feel like it goes hand in hand because you don't get those games without these comics. It's true. games. Yeah, that's true loved clone wars x-men 2 that video game the first x-men game i I, and i will die on this hill is one of the hardest games ever made yeah it really was the second one i thought was uh, was was hard yeah it was it was it was more fun it was uh it, it, it you could use the powers more often they didn't put a cap on the powers so i like that i don't think there has been anybody on your guys's list that I've disagreed with so far. So I'm, I'm all right. Well, let's see. What the first one the one where it ends in the Sentinel Factory? Say again. Is the first one the one where it ends in the Sentinel Factory? And you got I, a I think that's it? the second one. I think yeah, I think that one. is the second one. It's been so long since I played them. I don't remember. I don't remember that. But all right, Ian, you think that you've agreed with everybody yet? So let's see if uh, you'll Love see it. if you guys agree with number three for me. Number three for me is Ultron, because Ultron is the ultimate Avengers villain. 
and I, I went back and forth with this one. I'm just I've kidding. got a, I, I've got a, a, an honorable mention that I'll get to here in a minute that I was trying to decide between these two. So I love the Avengers. And I, I feel like with the Avengers, there are only two real villains that you can talk about that give them an actual run for their money. But I got it. But Ultron's the one that, that beat them out that made it onto this list because I, the, the sheer fact that you just can never beat Ultron makes him such a great villain. Like they may slow him down, but they know in the end, he's always going to come back. He's in every machine. He's in anything. He's through the internet. That was the one thing that even though I love age of Ultron, that I was a little bummed out about that. They were like magically able to actually stop all of Ultron. And I'm hoping that they, they can go back on that at some point and kind of show that, no, he actually can still, still survive and be, be a part of the world because I love Ultron. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to, go out on a limb like we do here age of ultron was a great movie james spader was an excellent ultron he was creepy nobody can sing you know there are no strings on me like james spader oh, terrifying man are you talking about robert california yes robert california that's not even my real name i'm the lizard king <laughs> yes oh my gosh yeah so yeah ultron's my number three ian wells we're down to your number two. You got a look on your face. Well, you got a problem with Ultron? No, I have no problem with Ultron. Speak, speak now or forever hold your peace, sir. Don't. I hold my peace. I like Ultron. <laughs> I like Ultron, okay? It's your mouth says you like Ultron. Your eyes say you hate him. <laughs> I hate him. It makes me sad. All right. We'll, we'll, let, it, we'll let it go. What's your number two? Number two, Victor Von Doom. Nice. Doom. He almost made it on my list, man. Mine too. Oh, man. I love some Dr. Doom. Uh, going all the way back to... I don't know. I want to say the Fantastic Four animated series. Like I like Dr. Doom on there. And I always liked him uh, when I'd see him here in comic books and stuff, but to be honest with you, I actually fell in love with the character during the uh, storyline from the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance game. Heck yeah. One of the best, that, that's one of the best cutscenes of all time was him when he got the power of Odin. Yes. And he's just laying waste to all the heroes. Colossus is crawling away with like one arm missing and one leg gone. His face all half melted. He kills so Cyclops because screw Cyclops. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. What? Don't don't you dare! I will. Oh, that'll be a discussion for another day. Let me let me tell you how useless Cyclops is. Go Cyclops? ahead, Ian. Uh, I'll fight you uh, on Cyclops. Uh, natural born, natural born leader. The man natural has his own country. He's much more powerful than people think he is, and I just I really love the character. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Derek and I like slowly taking jabs and like bickering back and forth that you're still like, yeah, I really like him. He was a uh, goodness. <laughs> We're just like two children <laughs> bickering back and forth in the background. And I was trying not to steal your thunder, man. Hey, man, it's cool. All right, Ian. Sorry, let's see Derek. if we can let's see if we can get this back on the track here. What's your number two? Uh, number two is actually Galactus. Nice. Another one of my uh another one that almost made my list. I actually probably would have put them on my list if you hadn't put them on yours. 
Thanks a lot. Douche. You're welcome. Um, Galactus to me is he's just a terrifying, terrifying villain, man. He uh he's a cosmic being, but um they say that he's more powerful than some of uh whatever those things are called in um eternals celestials than the other yeah. celestials yeah like I, I i think i'm pretty sure galactus started out as a man right and became like this huge like cosmic being and he was like killing celestials and i just like the most powerful thing in the marvel universe and this dude's not only killing them but he's he's eating entire worlds and I don't remember where my love for Galactus came from, but I do know that uh, I used to like him on that Fantastic Four series. What I didn't like was anytime the Silver Surfer was on screen and they played that cheesy, terrible music when he wrote in. <laughs> and he had his own like little theme. I'm like, God, that music's bad. <laughs> the music is so bad. But he was he's he's just a cool villain and uh like I said, he's just he's scary because of how powerful he is, and uh, I liked him. And uh, we, we've we mentioned uh, Ultimate Alliance once. I I thought he was a cool villain in Ultimate Alliance as well. He was so much fun to fight in Ultimate Alliance. I remember when we first saw him, thinking, "How, how are we going to fight this guy?" Yeah, it was such a fun fight, such a fun fight. But yeah, Galactus almost made my list as well. Um, one of the reasons why I wasn't going to put him on the list is because I don't know that I agree that he's always a villain. I mean, no, he's used as a villain in the comics. Yeah. But I mean, he he's just surviving. It's just part of his food chain to have to consume the energy right. that can only come from a planet. So, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, you're, you're killing trillions of people. You're, you're a villain. So I, 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 I know it's, we're arguing over terminology there, but Galactus is pretty amazing. And again, you know, we talked about it in our Eternals review. Galactus is a cloud. That's his true form. We need to accept it. We need to enjoy it. Get and out we need of to here. move on. Get he is nothing here. but a cloud of dust moving through face, moving through face, moving through moving space. Moving through faces. He, are, <laughs> are, 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 somewhere. He just are, you, are you saying that Galactus is dust in the wind? <laughs> All they are is dust in the wind. My number two. My number two is the entire Court of Owls. Introduced in Scott, Snyder, Scott Snyder's Batman. The Court of Owls Scott is, Steiner? Shut up. Scott Snyder's Batman. This would have been my number one, except for, you know, my number one is was, was clear to me as soon as I started making this list. But the Court of Owls would have given them a run for their money. I absolutely loved the storyline of the Court of Owls. The Night of Owls, the, the history that they wrote into Gotham of this crazy secret organization of the super wealthy in gotham that have been controlling things you know for hundreds of years and they've got some of the best assassins the best design ever with the talons but i was telling ian before we started to record that not only are they great in general and not only are the talons great as this this hand of the court of owls you know the assassins but the court themselves are just creepy i mean you're just seeing people People in like beautiful ball gowns and and tuxedos wearing the most terrifying stark white owl masks. They're always drawn in the shadows. I, you know, we talked about the uh, the Arkham or not Arkham, the Gotham Knights game that's coming where they're going to be dealing with the Court of Owls. I can't wait. 
I can't wait to see the Court of Owls and get a chance to fight against the Talons. It's so, so good. It's such a great story. And it's a uh, it's a villainous group with a hint of reality to it that makes it a little more creepy because we all know about, you know, crazy secret societies. We all know the conspiracy theories. And it's really not that hard to believe that a, rich, a group of really, really rich people get together and do nefarious things because, you know, rich people are crazy. But uh, yeah, so Court of Owls was my number two. Um, Ian, I know you're Ian Torrance. I know you said that you, you love that. Do you, anything you guys want to say about any of these before we'll, we'll take a second and hit some honorable mentions. I think the quarter vowels is a, is a great pick, man. Um, not only are they terrifying because I mean, literally anybody can be in that court and me being a huge Batman fan, obviously I read these when they first came out as part of the new 52 series. It, it was crazy because like they legit have Bruce worried and he mm -hmm. never gets worried. And because you never know who it is you could trust, like how many people are at Wayne enterprises are involved in this. And uh, do they know who he is? And, and which you'll turn out later, like there, there's a connection there in the, in the series, but to send these talents and the, that one where they send the talents to Wayne Manor and he's like fighting him on the rooftop, not as Batman. Like, I don't even as, think he makes it to that point yet. No. Yeah. Like as Bruce Wayne in like a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. In a bathroom <laughs> on the roof. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it gets crazy. And I think that uh, there's some really good villains and then that's a really good storyline in general. And, and how, how much they affect society and how much they affect that, that universe of, of, of Gotham in general. Uh, because at one point, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I will say that they, they're I will. Cause it's, I mean, it's from like six years ago anyway. So uh, they were, they were trying to recruit a lot of people. And one of them was a, a young boy from the circus, yep. Mr. Dick Grayson. So yeah, that's one scene. point, that scene where Bruce backhands Dick and knocks the tooth with the Court of Owls symbol etched into it is yeah. maybe my favorite scene in the entire storyline. Definitely probably could have been handled better, but, uh, you know, he got the point across. He, um, he did. He did, yeah. But it yeah, wasn't that, like one of the talents he caught. Wasn't that like a distant relative? It was his, to... yeah, was, was his great-great-grandfather, I think. Yeah. Because that so, and and I thought it was so brilliant about it is it goes all the way back to also so more comic book suggestions here. If you haven't read the Court of Owls storyline, read it. Um, they they did a great bundled package of just the Night of Owls, which is the 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 court doing their their like final attack where they're going to go out and it bundles in all of the different storylines at the time where you can see the whole scenario play out. But definitely the Batman run where it's talking about the court all the way through the new 52 was great all the way up to the night of owls. Um, but one thing that it does is it actually goes back and references the gates of Gotham, which is another great story. It was like, I think a five issue run when Dick Grayson is Bruce or is Bruce Wayne shoot when Dick Grayson is Batman. And it's talking about the, the foundation of Gotham and how Gotham was built and how, uh, Dick's family actually was somebody they, they'd been in Gotham for since the very beginning. It was a really great storyline and it's fun to read the court of owls and then go back and read the gates of Gotham and see all the seeds. You see all the, the owl artwork 
throughout it and you can see characters that show up in the court of owls later it's fantastic it's some of the best comic book writing that you will ever read is in that scott snyder run of batman so 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 good i can't recommend it enough and yet not my number one um ian wells did you have any uh any honorable mentions before we move on to our number one uh i did but about the court of owls i just wanted to say i'm not too familiar with them i know they are you need to read that story. yeah you need I mean, to check it gonna, out you'll it love excellent. it you will yeah. absolutely love yeah, it i want to get more familiar with them and i'm looking forward to the gotham Knights game but uh how many honorable mentions are we doing if you got a couple throw them out well my first honorable mention would have been kingpin and then i was gonna throw craven the hunter on that list and then finally, Megatron. Megatron. Megatron's a great villain. Yes, he is. That's a that's a good call. Megatron needs needs some more love on these lists. Well, Trans- Transformers doesn't get enough credit. Ian Torrance, you got any honorable mentions before we go on to our number ones? Um, honorable mentions. Um, Apocalypse is one mm-hmm. of my honorable mentions. Um, you mean Oscar Isaac's? Go ahead. <laughs> I have a news. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't like that iteration of him. The, I like the way his pocket turned out. I did not personally. No. <laughs> sorry, Derek. Um, <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of like an Ivan Ooze, like. I've got movie, so many quotes I can't, through my mind. I can't remember one of them. And there was a time that I could throw them out like like confetti, but I'm, I don't have them anymore. I Just, think I, I finally blocked them all from my mind. Oh, man. Whew, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Go on. Go on. Can, can I get one Ivan News quote real quick, please? Smells like teenagers. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh i, I didn't news. say hocus pocus i said i have a news <laughs> i smell a child <laughs> so another honorable mention would be um this is not necessarily like comic book comic book related i think I've eventually i've a news is not my honorable mention <laughs> <laughs> he he was unfortunately in my mentions but he is not honorable uh I'm going to throw in a book villain, but originally started out as a video game villain, and that is from the Star Wars universe, and that is Darth Malak. Nice. Darth Malak is creepy. Creepy, and creepy he was character. hard as hell to beat in that game. Yeah. I thought. So, uh, so those are my honorable mentions um, for right now. <laughs> Yeah, my honorable mentions, I had, like I mentioned, I had um, Galactus was was a, a close to being on this list. Uh, Doctor Doom was really close to being on this list because he's just such a great character and they've done him dirty in so many movies. I can't wait for Marvel to do Fantastic Four and hopefully we'll finally get a good Doctor Doom. But the, uh, the other honorable mention, the one that really came close, the other Avenger villain that I was talking about when I said Ultron is Kang the Conqueror. 
love yeah. Kang the Conqueror. Kang's a great villain. He's an excellent villain for the Avengers. And um, I'm so, so excited to see him going forward in the I'm, MCU. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know a lot about Kang before uh, Loki. So when I get excited about Kang, that's the version I think of. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. That's, I that's love that. That's Jonathan Majors. Go ahead, Ian. I said, people, I said people don't realize how much of a problem he really is. Yeah, he's yeah. A big I'm, deal. I'm familiar with him, but I never really read much with him in it. And I, I know he's a huge player in the comics, and I know he's a, he's a pretty bad dude. So um, I'm really excited about him, and I think, uh, I think this, this, uh, this show has definitely got me. Uh, even more excited about the character sorry Derek I mean interrupting no it's all right one thing that's going to be really fun with Kang in the MCU is that he's going Jonathan Majors is going to be able to play different versions of that character like he who remains is more of the Immortus character from the comics which is completely different than Kang the Conqueror and uh, so I think that it's going to be exciting for him to be able to pop up and play different versions Kang the Conqueror is a terrifying villain like he wants to rule all of time he is the lord he's the king of all time He's, 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 that's his whole thing. And every time he change, he goes back in time in the comics, he creates a variant of himself. And so that's why they're always this multi multiversal war. I can't, oh, it's going to be so cool. Um, another, again, I'm all about comic book um, recommendations. The Avengers run by Brian Michael Bendis that took place after civil war. It was called the heroic age. Go and check it out. They did. Um, I believe it was the first runs, like the first six issues of that. Kang shows up at Avengers Tower and says that the children of the Avengers are going to end all life in the future. Like they've they they're going crazy. They're going to destroy everything. And when you find out what really happens there, like go read it. It's not that. That's not what's really going on. Obviously, Kang is lying to them, and uh, it has a, a a big thing to do with. Kang, Ultron, and Maestro Hulk. Go and check it out. It is so, so good. Um, that first six-issue run of the Heroic Age of Avengers by Brian Michael Vendas. But that is all of our um, honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. So, Ian Wells, take us away, man. We're at the last year part of the list here. What is your number one all-time favorite villain? Coming at number one, my all-time favorite villain is Magneto. Magneto, absolutely. Uh, which villain. was one of my honorable mentions, but I didn't mention him because I knew he was Ian's number one. Yeah, excellent villain. Take it away, Ian. What do you love about Magneto? Uh, well, I, when I was first introduced to the character as a kid, I just liked him because he was cool. His power sets are cool, controlling metal, the master magnetism, all that good stuff. Uh, for some reason, like. Magneto, for me, is not just my favorite villain. He's my favorite overall X-Men character. So I would always just love seeing him on the X-Men animated series. And I loved uh, Magneto on the X-Men arcade game. Mm-hmm. It was always great. He was so fucking hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> All so right. freaking hard to beat on that game, but. I just love the character. As I got older, I started to realize that there's a lot more to the character, like his backstory, how he was in the uh, camps in Germany with the Nazis and all that stuff. And 
you realize that Magneto's not really a bad guy at all. Actually, he's just doing what he thinks is right. He just goes about in an extreme way that he feels is right, but others may not feel the exact same way. But he's just one of those complicated characters. He's Omega level mutant, so he's one of the most powerful there is. And he's just one of those characters when you think of X-Men, you're gonna think of Magneto in there too. Yeah, and he's also a sympathetic villain. Like you said, you were talking about everything that he went through as a child. And and if you read the comics long enough, I mean, he's created these wonderful utopias for uh, for mutants to live in. And they always get destroyed by somebody. <laughs> right. Like this poor. I don't know why anybody ever goes to live in whatever country Magneto has taken over to, to create a utopia. They always end up in fire and death. But he does make it look nice. He does. And they're they're. Um, he really is. He's a he's an interesting character. He's a sympathetic villain because you can understand where he's coming from and you can understand why he's doing the things he's doing. Even if you don't agree with what he's doing, you can understand why he's doing them. And those That's are always pretty cool kids too. Yeah, those are always the best villains. Ian Torrance, you're number one all time, even though it's not in any particular order. Who who do you have left on your list? The Joker is my no number way. one. The Batman guy chose a Batman villain. The Batman villain. It is the Batman villain. It's true. And do you know what? Batman right there is the only reason I didn't put the Joker on my list because I knew he'd cover it. Do I know why? Let me guess. Is it Cesar Romero? I didn't mind Cesar Romero growing up as a kid. I always thought it was funny that he refused to shave that mustache and would just paint over it. Which was r- r- ridiculous. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I thought it was really funny that uh, that he refused, and they were like, "All right, <laughs> like oh, we really want you." So, um, so yeah, I, I didn't mind him, and that was a part of it. Believe it or not, that uh, the old Batman cartoon, not Batman the animated series, uh, the old Batman cartoon from like the whole Scooby Doo era and mm-hmm. stuff. And then we start to get, uh, to get a more darker version of uh, the Joker in the Batman the animated series. And Mark Hamill made me fall in love with them as did uh, as he did many people and just the games and and then obviously the comics. He's he's great in the games. He's great in the TV series and everything. Uh, Jack Nicholson was another reason I can't leave Jack Nicholson out. Um Jack Nicholson had a really good interpretation because he was def- he's definitely in the comics. He's way more sadistic than he is in those cartoons and those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, starting off, like he started to trend that direction uh, when, when Jack Nicholson played him. He was definitely more homicidal and, uh, and, and all about anarchy. And, and I'm, I'm cool with that uh, because the comic book version of him is so freaking good. I mean, I could go on death death of the family and the the end game series and just uh anything with joker anytime he comes into the batman um comic book world man he's he's great and he's he's crazy yeah did you I say mean, he literally has his face cut off yeah i was to say did you say death in the family or death of the family of the family yeah, once again, another Scott Snyder run, Death of the Family yeah. is the most terrifying Joker that has ever been portrayed ever. What I want more than anything is I want an animated adaptation of Death of the Family and I want Mark Hamill to play that version of the Joker. 
This version of the Joker that we're talking about had his face cut off, and then he put it back on his face, face on his on the front of his head with like some bungee cords and rope, and it is absolutely terrifying. It's hands down they the kind craziest of did something version. like that on the Gotham series. It was pretty wicked too. Yeah, that's what that's where they got that from. They they took that a little bit from the from the death of the family arc, but death of the family was so good, so good. All right, I guess it's down to me now to finish this off to round it off. My number one is Thal Sinestro. Let me explain. Sinestro is a lame, cheesy villain for about 50 years of his existence. He is a, a laughable, silly, m- literally mustache-twirling villain that does nothing important other than you know being mildly inconveniencing to anyone. And then in 2009, Jeff Johns took over writing for Green Lantern and turned him into one of the greatest villains of all time. In Green Lantern Rebirth, the Sinestro Corps War, the Blackest Night, the Rise of the Third Army, the Wrath of the First Lantern, the War of the Green Lanterns, every single thing that Jeff Johns wrote of Sinestro was absolutely gold, and it made him my favorite villain of all time. That is, the 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 way that he was written in jeff john's run is why mark strong was so good why he was such a bright spot in that green lantern movie that nobody but me and like two other people in idaho enjoyed (laughs) is uh because of what what jeff johns did so i credit jeff johns completely for my love of sinestro but sinestro is absolutely excellent his he is a great great character that has been able to grow in the comics and become more and more interesting because of what one writer did so that is our list of our top five favorite comic book villains. I hope that you enjoyed them. I hope that you uh, that you let us know what your favorites are as well. Shoot your list, you know, over to us wherever you want to on uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make a TikTok and and tag us on there. We're on TikTok now. Um, if you want to just email it to us and we can read it out on the on the show, that'd be fine too. We're at paperweightent at yahoo.com. So. Um, since Trent is not here tonight, we don't have our followers for the week. So I apologize. Anybody that's followed us over the last week, you will get your shout out next week because I was a bad host and I forgot to get that from Trent before he went on vacation. So shame on me. I apologize. But if you're not following us, please, please consider following us on all of the social media platforms. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please make sure you rate and review us on, um, on Apple podcasts. That is a huge, huge, huge help. And uh, let us know what you're thinking of the show. We, we love any kind of feedback at all. It, it makes it all worthwhile. And um, yeah, excited to keep going. Next week, we've got uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And the week after that, we've got Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, and Hawkeye. We're finally getting Disney Plus shows back again. I cannot wait. And we're barreling towards that Spider-Man No Way Home which there were some leaks and we didn't cover that because I don't want to cover leaks on this show, but for Ian Wells, thank you for being here for Ian Torrance. Thank you for always being here. I have been Derek and this has been the paperweight entertainment podcast, and we will see you next time. Yay!